My name is Devin Roy, and I've been leading and managing teams for more than 30 years. I have expertise in coaching, interrogation, and strategy development. Most companies use the morning huddle to connect with their teams, to disseminate information, and to create alignment. I will share with you proven real-world strategies and techniques that will help you be more successful. So open your minds, listen closely. The morning huddle starts now. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining The Morning Huddle. Today's episode is The Anatomy of a Coaching Conversation, Part 3. In today's show, we will be discussing how to deal with policy violations. Policy violations aren't typically terminable offenses, but they are behaviors that must be addressed. So I've invited someone on the show to help me do this. His name is Garrett Ledbetter. Garrett is someone whom I led at the very start of his career. And today, Garrett is not only the GM for Old Navy, he's also the founder for The Leader Effect, where he's helping leaders understand their impact on those they lead. So welcome to the show, Garrett. Ah, thank you. Happy to be here. Garrett, today we're going to talk about policy violations. And we're not talking about theft or fraud. We're talking about when someone deviates from standard operating procedure. So let me ask you a question. How do you generally deal with policy violations? Yeah, I think it's always a tricky subject because you might go in thinking that you know all the information there is to know, and then you might find yourself in the middle of that conversation. All of a sudden, something new has dropped on you that you hadn't even considered. So then it kind of rewrites your whole playbook. You almost have to start from scratch. So I think it's so important to do your fact finding and make sure that you know everything you're supposed to know going into the conversation. It's really good advice. So let, let me ask you something. What, do you mind uh, helping me do a role play today? Yeah, I'd love to. So we can sort of demonstrate for everyone what this might look like. So I thought we'd do something fun. Instead of doing your typical policy violation, I thought we'd do uh, how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. You think you can handle that? I think I can. I'm well versed in the peanut butter and jelly realm. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see. All right, so so let's do this. Let's do this from the perspective of an interrogator. So okay. what I've been talking a lot about is coaching, but coaching as an interrogator. Okay? okay. So here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Gary, thank you for meeting with me today. Um, just need your help trying to figure some things out. Um, I think you've had some information that would be helpful to me. So before we get started, though, I want you to walk me through the steps of how to make a PB&J. Okay. Um, Gary, well, first, I usually... Don't, yeah. Don't leave out any details, okay? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, usually, I will get a small plate. Um, okay. It's one of my white ones. We're going for details. I will get some of the bread out and I'll place a piece of bread on to the plate so that they're touching each other and that spreads across the whole plate. Before you finish, Gary, quick question. What type of bread do you use? Oh, uh, usually honey wheat. Okay. Is that what you use every single time, Gary? Do you use honey wheat all the time? Yeah, I always use honey wheat. It's my favorite by far. Got it. Would there be any reason you would use rye bread or something different? Mm, 
I guess if every store around here is sold out of wheat bread, uh, honey wheat, I might consider it. Okay. But other than that, you would use honey wheat every single time if it were available. Yeah, pretty much. All right, got it. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, so once I have the bread on the plate, I always start with my peanut butter. So I put the peanut butter usually on the left side. I think probably always really. And I spread it across. Got it. And then I'll take the same knife and I'll wipe off the peanut butter on the other bread piece that hasn't had anything on it yet, just to have a clean utensil. So let me and let then me, I'll yeah. Jared, I'm sorry to interrupt you while you're talking. I just want to make sure I'm clear as you're as you're going through this. So you start on the left side. Sure. And you end on the right side. Yeah, by wiping off my knife, getting yeah. rid of the peanut butter on the clean piece of bread. Got it. And you do it that way every single day. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. What's next? So once I wipe off my knife, then I'll get my jelly and then I'll spread the jelly across that piece of bread. And once I'm done, I pretty much put it together and I eat it. I don't cut it or anything before that. I just eat it as it is. So are you putting the jelly on the same bread that has the peanut butter or are you putting it on the other piece of bread? The other piece of bread. Got it. And you don't cut it, you said, is that correct? Right, yeah. Okay, so I think I understand. I think I fully get how you make a PB&J. And, and I must say, Garrett, that's very consistent with how we expect you to do it. So, okay. but help me understand something. Why is it then that on Thursday of last week, you made a PB&J with mayo? So, but listen, Garrett, be, before you answer, it's important that you give me the honest truth because here's the deal. We know what happened, but we just don't know why it happened. And what I'm here to do today is to understand why you did that. Does that make sense, Garrett? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> All right, Garrett, <laughs> you did a good job. So, <laughs> we... All right, so yeah. why, don't we, why don't we put a different twist on the role play? And, okay. and this time, um, you're going to give me a different answer. You're going to actually own up to putting the mayo on there. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. All right. Great. So listen, thanks for meeting with me. Uh, I just wanted to get some more information from you. Uh, but before we do that, okay. Uh, I just want you to, to walk me through how you would make a PB and J. Okay. Well, I usually grab a plate out, put it on the counter. I'll get two pieces of bread. I'll put them side by side on the plate. So they're spreading across the whole plate. Yes. And then on the left side, I'll use, uh, I'll get some peanut butter and I'll spread it across that piece of bread. And then on the, the, the clean piece of bread, I'll wipe my knife off, get rid of the peanut butter. Okay. And then I'll get some mayo and I put the mayo on the right side piece of bread. Can I and stop? And I put them together. Yeah. I'm sorry, Garrett. Can I, can I just stop you? Just, just for a second. I want to make sure I'm clear about what I just heard you say. So on the yeah, left, fine. on the left side, on the left piece of bread, you're putting the peanut butter. But yeah. on, but on the right side, you said you're applying mayo. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So we're making PB and J. I, I just want to understand. I, why are you using mayo in in this instance? Well, that's usually what I do, and I think it tastes best that way. Okay, so, um, so are you clear on what the direction is, what the policy is involving 
how to make a PB and J. I, I thought I was. Okay. So tell me how Mayo fits into the policy as you understand. Um, I thought it was just something that would go on one of the pieces of bread so that you could eat a good sandwich. Okay. But does it fit into the policy as you understand it? Um, I, I, I guess not. Okay. Well, is it or, or isn't it? Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm not really supposed to use mayo. Okay. So you're not. So what are you supposed to use? Uh, I think it says you're supposed to use jelly. Well, yeah. And in fact, jelly is in the name, right? It's peanut butter and jelly. And it doesn't say peanut butter oh, and jelly. Okay. Right? So, so help yeah. me understand, and, and I just want to understand why you made the decision to use mayo in place of jelly. I think it goes back to like when I first started and I was being trained, um, they said that normally it's not how you do it, but they've always done it this way. It's always been okay. So, uh, someone trained you to use mayo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's, that's what they told me to do. You said you guess so, but I want to be clear because this is important that I understand exactly what's happening here. So did someone train you to use mayo? Yeah. They, yeah. They told me to use mayo instead. Okay. And what did you think when you heard that? I thought it was a little odd, but they've been here for like 20 years. So it seems to be that it's okay. Got it. Got it. So, but you realize you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I guess so now. Well, I, I just want to understand your thinking here. So Garrett, if I were to go hypothetically to the people that trained you on how to make a PB and J, would they tell me that they told you to make it with mail? Mm, I bet they probably wouldn't remember telling me that. Why do you think that is? Mm, probably because they know it's not supposed to be done that way. Okay. What if I were to ask the hundreds of people that they've trained over the years? You think, how many of those people would tell me that they told them to make the sandwich with mayo? Mm, probably not very many. Devin, what's this all about? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, I'm getting to, to this in just a second, but I, I really want to understand. So okay. this, what's important here is, Garrett, we know what happened. We just don't know why it happened. We know that you use mayo instead of using jelly. Mm -hmm. okay? and, and you know, as, as you expressed to me, that jelly should be the ingredient that we use when we're making a PB&J. Yeah. And I'm just trying to understand why you deviated from the policy. And, and listen, you know, Garrett, it's not like you went out and made a ham sandwich. Um, you just added some mayo to this, right? Right. So we're not talking about something that egregious. So, but what's important is that we get the truth, right? Okay, okay. That's all I'm trying to do here, okay? Okay. To get the truth from you so that I can go about fixing the problem. Okay. So, does that make sense? Because when you look at this on its own, right, it doesn't look good. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So we have to balance this with your side of the story. And so that's all I'm trying to do here. Okay. Gotcha. And, okay. And I need, but I need a story that's credible so that I can take that to human resources and say, here's the rationale for his behavior. Here's why he did what he did. Got me? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And if I tell them that, well, the trainers told him to use it, 
but they probably didn't tell anyone else to use it, it may not sound credible. So I want to make okay. And if I go back and interview all the trainers and everyone else, that I want to make certain that what you're saying lines up with what they're going to say and is and gives credence to what you're telling me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. So tell me, why'd you do it? You know, I've used peanut butter and jelly like it's supposed to do in the past, and it's just never really worked for me. So okay. I decided that doing it with mayo works a lot better for me. There you go. Now that makes sense, right? That yeah, I think so. That explanation makes sense to me. What you told me before didn't really make sense, but that does, right? Yeah. So I, I can explain that. I can tell someone, well, he felt like this worked better for him. This is why he did it. This is the rationale. Uh, but for me to take back to HR that the trainers trained you wrong complicates this. And then we have to go in and interview them and interrogate them and figure out what's going on. And do we need to change the process? But it really boils down to is Garrett, you made a decision, right? To use Mayo, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and no one else told you to do so. Right. Okay. So how do you think this looks, Garrett? Probably not that great. Yeah. Definitely not a team player. Yeah. Right. We, we need you to follow the policies and procedures as they are stated. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Garrett, let's back out of our uh, role play. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, your, what are your thoughts on, on, on what you heard today, Garrett? In fact, you did a great job, first of all. Oh, thank you. Well, I think the biggest takeaway is that everybody's first answer is almost never what the actual truth or problem is, that it does take some time and some patience to really keep drilling down so you get something that actually makes sense. In this case, it was really something I just wanted to do on my own. Exactly, exactly. You know, we um, it's important that we bring a human element to the conversations and that we don't bring our own assumptions. And while I knew what you were telling me was inaccurate, um, I didn't want to say that. If, if I were to say to you, that's wrong, that's not correct, we would get into a back and forth on the facts. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. For sure, right. I'd put up a barrier immediately. 100%. And so I had to lead you to the admission uh, rather than beating it out of you. Okay, because that doesn't work, um, right? Right. So, so what what was your what are your thoughts on that kind of interrogative kind of um, tactic, if you will, or approach uh, to coaching? Yeah, I think it's a great use, especially when it's something very black or white. It's either you did or you didn't, and now I have to find out why you did or you didn't. Um, it, I think the biggest takeaway of the whole thing is really around. How do you dismiss somebody's excuse without having them feel like you're attacking them personally? Because in our situation, uh, it was my choice to use the mayo, but at first I was saying that somebody else told me to do it. And you had to kind of weed through that. So that helped me realize that, you know, that's not actually true to get to what the truth was. So big difference in attacking somebody's idea versus attacking them as a person. Right, correct. Great point, great analysis. And the whole idea is also to make it safe to admit, right? To make it safe. Right, yeah. I, I did something wrong here. Yeah, um, exactly. Because the consequence of lying is worse than the consequence of telling the truth. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, Garrett, I'm not going to think of PB and J the same way ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to laugh every time I do it now. <laughs> thought of mayo on it is, oof. <laughs> and I, I hope you make your sandwich. Do you make it, do you make it that way actually every time? Do you, do you start with the left and go to, I mean, is that what yeah, you do? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I do. Um, I think I usually use crunchy peanut butter now instead of the crackers to get that crunchy, crunchy taste to it. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Excellent. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Gary. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Gary, for, for helping me out today with this role play. Oh, um, my pleasure. Happy to help. And uh, listen, uh, take care of yourself and stay safe. You too. Thanks for having me. You know, conversations about wrongdoing don't have to be contentious. When we attack the problem, we also attack the person. Our job in those moments is to help the person tell us why they did what they did and to own it. Coaching without judgment provides us with the opportunity to gain understanding. And with this understanding comes the knowledge to fix poor morale and loss-sensitive issues. That's it for today's show, Addressing Policy Violations. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you've been enriched by what you've heard in the morning huddle. Thank you.